Gentlemen, welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, That's Mo Porn, porn. Yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Dilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Dilly, bow, 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 number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. I like that delivery of my name this time, Mo. Very big. Yeah. With the with the new year, with the year 2018, comes a new delivery, a new attitude from Mo Porn. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is I will not remember how I did it this time the next time we do we record, so <laughs> That's New fine. Year, New Me. Yeah, you're you're an improvisational genius, Mo. You just you're in yeah. the moment at all time and I'll just yes and you until you get to the right tone. It's gonna be fine. Perfect. Mo, 2018. Yes. No bunch of nightmares, the podcast. <laughs> yes, the the oft sought, uh, rarely delivered podcast. <laughs> this is somehow, despite the fact that there's literally like three days left in this month, this is our first episode of 2018, Mo. And I feel like yeah. we owe our audience an explanation why that is. Yeah, I kind of feel we do too. <laughs> it's it's been a long time. Like when was our last one? December? Like, yeah, sometime in, in 2017. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, it was definitely it was definitely last year. Well, we haven't done any this year yet. Um, yeah, it was a whole uh, you know Murphy's Law. Fucking you know everything that could go wrong went wrong. We both got sick. We, you know my computer fucking kind of died on me for the stupidest reason ever. And um, and you know we we had some obstacles to overcome and. Look, you know, look. it was starting to it, like for a while. It was actually starting to feel like like neither one of us actually really wanted to cover this movie, and we were just coming <laughs> up with excuses. But I can tell you for a fact, I was actually sick. Like I was, and you can still hear it on me. I'm f- still fucked, man. I was sick all last week. Um, I'm still coughing up nastiness from my lungs. It's it's been unpleasant. In fact, you'll probably hear me cough a couple times in this episode. I mean, frankly, of the hundred and so episodes of No Budget Nightmares, you've been sick for probably 60 to 70% of them. (laughs) It's really true. Like, I don't understand what is wrong with my immune system that I am just always sick, but I really am. Well, you know, sometimes people move to Florida because they get sick a lot, right? Because they say the warm weather, it's much better for that. And you, you tend to, you build up your immunity and that's obviously not working out for you, Mo. Well, I did happen to move down here right as they had the coldest winter in you know, the last decade in fucking Florida. So yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Well, the fact is Mo and I are both very unhealthy people. So the fact, I mean, it's very likely yeah. that there's, this is likely to be uh, the, the case going forward. This is not the exception. This will be the rule. This is the, the rule. Yeah, future. yeah, yeah. This is not an outlier. This is, or an anomaly. This is, this is how it is. 
Well, Mo, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. so good. 2018 has been awful for everybody, including myself. But be that as it may, I'm feeling really positive about this year with No Budget Nightmares. And I'm feeling very positive about talking about our first movie of 2018. What movie is that, Mo? That would be Schizophreniac, The Whore Mangler. The Whore Mangler. Now that is a... The Whore Mangler. That's a difficult title, Mo. That's a hard yes. one to say. I have to say, like, look, there are titles that we say on No Budget Nightmares. We have a lot of interesting, uh, lurid titles that we say. But when I say that yeah. title, Schizophreniac, the whore mangler, it makes me feel a little dirty. It makes me feel like I'm as uh, complicit in the actions of the main character as he himself. That is thoroughly understandable. This is a dirty movie. Like, oh, it's this dirty. Is- yeah, this is, this is, I mean, I wouldn't say it's necessary. I mean, for some people, I imagine this would be a very hard movie to watch. Sure. Um, you know, I'm kind of used to this kind of nastiness, but uh, yeah, no, it's a very, it's a very hard movie to watch. It's a very disturbing movie on many levels. It's directed by Ron Atkins, a oft uh, uh, discussed in our uh, Facebook group director and one that was recommended to us a number of times previous. And from the year 1997, Mo, the year of our Lord, 1997. Mm. What do you remember best about 1997? Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, the thing I remember most about 1997 is uh, dating a girl who I didn't particularly like. Uh-oh. And the day, oh, no, uh, this is the best part. Oh. And the day after, the day after I broke, literally, Literally, the day after I broke up with her, her father won the lotto. Oh, shit. How much did he win? Yeah. He won, like, $6 million. Holy goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've had a series of bad luck in your life. I, yo, my, are you kidding me? If I believed in luck, I, I would definitely be, like, one of those, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all type of guys. Was, was there a part of you, My mom? whole life. That when you found out that her family won $6 million, you were like, oh, geez, do you think maybe I can, is it too late to get back in with this? Can, can I call I, up? <laughs> I thought, I thought that immediately. <laughs> like that, and, and, and I, and I, and I feel bad for having thought that, but I'm honest, if nothing else. And yes, the, one of the first thoughts I had was, man, I wonder if she'll take me back. Think about the vacations you could have gone on with her family. Well, no, her father, well, her father did something really weird. And I don't know if I should be talking about this. Yeah, you should. You know, her father split, she's her and her sister. She doesn't have any other family. It's just her and her sister and her her father. He gave each of them $1.5 million. You know, because he, because, because that's how much, 6 million is how much he got back after paying taxes on whatever the total sum was that he had. So he gave each of his kids 1.5. This, this girl was a, was a sophomore in high school. And now, yeah. And now has $1.5 million. Her sister, who was in her early twenties, $1.5 million. He took the other 3 million that he had left and he disappeared. What? He just let them raise themselves? Yeah, he he he. I guess he owned the house that they were in. He signed it over into the sister's name. You know, just gave her the house, and he moved. Oh man, <laughs> it's a pretty baller move, but pretty awful at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now I did talk to her like a decade and a half later, and uh, and asked her what um you know like what what happened after. Sure. I was I was too afraid to talk to her then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. 
And, uh, and she said, yeah, no, I mean, she's like, I kept in contact with him. He didn't like, uh, you know, he didn't like abandon us, but he definitely moved out and gave us that house, which I hear they destroyed pretty quick. Of course uh, they did. You know? Yeah. They're fucking kids they're throwing like, parties and fucking doing drugs and shit. Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, look, I was a pretty straight laced kid. No doubt about it. I was really, yeah. yeah. But if you gave me one and a half million dollars and I was like 15, I would not yeah. have lived to 21. There's no way no. I would have made it. I would have tried not everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so speaking of people uh, going wild, going crazy, and not having a, a filter mode, we talked, uh, we're going to talk, I should say, about a movie about a character very much like that. Yup. Someone who is a little off the rails, a little wacky, a little, uh, he doesn't play by the rules, you might say, Mo. <laughs> He's got a real love-hate relationship with the Huas. With the Huas. And uh, again, we're not going to use nasty uh, language against women in this episode of No Budget Nightmares, outside of quoting the character in question. Yeah, that's more more mimicry than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> not entirely mimicry, Mo, just, just more than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Schizophrenic, the whore mangler, introduces us to the character of Harry Russo Mo, played by John Gian Caspro. Uh, he played this character in three movies for Ron Atkins. Uh, and what what do you think typifies him as an actor? How would you describe him, Mo, for people who've never seen this movie? Um Energetic. Very energetic, very dedicated, I would say, committed even. Yeah, no, you're right. He needs to be committed. <laughs> uh <laughs> he's... Um, I mean, you know, it's, I don't think it's very far from a stretch from how he is as a person. Maybe mm-hmm. mine. I mean, wow. I'm, 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 I'm going to give him, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume that he's not like a person who murders people rand indiscriminately. All right. Um, you know, very but, kind of you, Mo. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, let's just put it this way. I don't think he's like putting on a voice. I think that's his voice. Now his voice has an accent, but what kind of accent does he have? Oh, it was very, very, you know, New York. Yeah, New Jersey-ish. Yeah. New for Jersey. all I know. It, because when, <laughs> when, when you were doing that imitation earlier, when you said, Whoa, that's kind of how Whoa. it sounds. In the, yeah. We'll hear plenty of him before all is said and done on this episode. But and, you, man, he does not stop. No. Like, it's nonstop. Like, like it, but, like, there are a couple of moments. Like, like, there's one, like, right at the beginning, and there's one towards the end where they go into a POV shot for him and like, he's not saying anything. And like with all of the nonstop talking and excitement and craziness, it's really off putting to have all of that shit happen and then have him go silent. Like that almost, that almost like made it that much creepier. When I was watching his performance, the thing that it most made me think of was if Joe Bob Briggs was, uh, was reviewing this movie he would definitely be giving one of those drive-in awards to his performance simply because whether you think he's a good actor or not, he is giving 120% at all times. He's pitched up to 11 from start to finish. And he also does things that actors in low budget movies do not often do. Right. There's a lot of male nudity in this. There is a lot of male nudity. And you warned me about that before I watched it. Not that either one of us particularly gives a shit about male nudity and bring it on, I say. You know, yeah, exactly. That's sort of like you know, like it's 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 good in my eyes to see you know not just boobs, but you know you got to see the dick every now and again. You like to have dick in your eyes, huh? You you got to have a little twig and berries in there as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Well, you get a lot of it, and not just not just traditional, just dick. There's there's dick in this, no doubt about it. But there's erect penis. Oh there's, yeah. There's masturbating erect penis, and we're not talking about a uh, and from dickhole fake penis. We're, we're talking about no. the real thing here, Mo. Yeah. And there's female nudity here as well. Very explicit female nudity. Lots of explicit nudity. Very graphic. So let's let's jump into the movie, Mo. Schizophrenic, the horror angler from the year 1997. It starts with a big warning, Mo. What is it warning us of? I don't even remember. I didn't write it down. I'll so, tell I mean, you, I, Mo. it talks about like the graphic nudity and. It violence says the movie is rated X, Mo, for adult content, nudity, violence, and profane language. And in case you didn't know if it was serious, Mo, a big knife flies right at you, so you know. <laughs> rated X. Do not fuck with this movie. That's followed, Mo, by a very uh, somber dedication to Henry J. Atkins. Uh, it says, we'll miss you. Obviously, a family member of Ron Atkins. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to make a movie. We've said it a million times before. If someone dedicated their movie to me, it doesn't matter what the content of the movie itself had. I think that was a pretty touching gesture. That said, <laughs> this is a particularly strange movie to dedicate to somebody. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Eh. But I'm sure Henry Jaggins, <laughs> wherever he is, he appreciates being at the beginning of Schizophrenic, the whore mangler. Indeed. And the movie starts, Mo, proper with a POV shot of someone peeping outside a house. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we th- there's an interesting cut back and forth here between the guy peeping into the house and this woman who is inside who is getting these phone calls from essentially no one. Uh, there's nobody answering, you know. We cut back outside again. We're back inside again. Now she's taking a shower. <laughs> Sorry, so, It reminded me very much of the beginning of the movie Student Bodies. Have you ever seen that movie? Absolutely. Right. And remember that part in the movie where uh, the, the breather is on the phone and he goes, uh, click. And she goes, did you hang up? No, I just said click. <laughs> 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 anyway, yes, Mo. Someone's watching her. She gets in the shower. Then what happens? Um, we get some very graphic zoom in close up of vaginal cleaning. Like really uh, close up. Like, like really close up. There yeah. is no question. You know how a movie, a traditional horror movie, it might linger on the breasts. It might linger on the ass or something like that. But it's right. it, it's showing the whole body. So you, the viewer, feel it's like, I'm not complicit in this. We're just watching a nude figure. Who cares? This movie just close up on the vagina. Stay there. That's what we're looking at <laughs> for the next 30 <laughs> seconds or so. <laughs> And then as this is a very relatable moment, Mo, she's so- soaping up her vagina, and then the, the phone rings. Yeah. And she so rushes course, out to get it. She rushes out naked. Uh, the, again, no response on the phone. We get a shot of the outside again. This time we hear the phone ringing from the shot on the outside. She picks up, and uh, this time there's actually somebody there. It's her boyfriend, who... Uh, I wanted to tell her something or something, I don't know, but they end up having phone sex. (laughs) She starts to masturbate, Mo, on the phone. Yeah, and when we say she starts to masturbate on the phone, we don't mean, like, they show her face while she supposedly masturbates. No, no, she starts to masturbate on the phone. And when we say on the phone, we don't mean she's literally sitting on the phone. We mean yeah. she's using the phone, she's... talking to someone, and using the conversation as a uh, as some sort of mental uh, uh, trigger in order for her to masturbate. Right. It's graphic, Mo, is what we're trying to say. It is. Gra- the word graphic appears in my notes many, many times. 
So, I mean, this is a woman masturbating, and we're seeing it. I mean, look, I'm not complaining necessarily. No, not uh, at all. But it was unexpected. This is a little bit more intense than we usually have on No Budget Nightmares. I actually really loved the fact. See, I, I actually got. I, I, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I got, let me let me clarify. I love the fact that, and this is something we don't get very often on the show. But I love the fact that when she comes out of the shower, she's already in full makeup. Yeah. So- like I just that just I, I mean I don't care. It just made me laugh because it, like it brought me out of the film for a second. I'm like I like like she's on the phone. She's talking. Oh, who's this person calling me? You know whatever. And and I look up and I'm like. She is wearing full makeup. She just got out of the shower. <laughs> I'm just picturing Mo, dick in hand. <laughs> Finally, she's, he's like, yes, yes. Oh, this really took me out of it. I can't believe she's wearing makeup. Oh, man, I'll never, I'll, I'll never come now. <laughs> so the, the point of view shot uh, is still kind of watching her. And then it opens the door of her house, comes in while she is still masturbating. And she sees the person who the point of view shot is of. We don't know who it is at this point. It's so right. strange because it's it, every kind of uh, horror movie which uses this, which is many of them since Halloween, uses this point of view shot as an opening. It's meant be, to be that it's going to be a reveal later on. This movie has no surprise. We know who the killer is very early on. Uh, immediately. So she recognizes him. Um, she suggests, by the way, that she is a prostitute because she says that um, that if he wants her to do anything... It's going to cost at least a hundred dollars, right? Which is odd. Like she's on the phone with her boyfriend, masturbating, <laughs> propositioning somebody else. But hey, what are you going to do? Hey, I'm a modern guy. I don't mind any of this. You got to make that money. Got to make, make it. That money. Then the point of view character starts choking her, Mo, and she makes the greatest face while she's dying. Like it is. Like she's like crossing her eyes, and it just it looks so ridiculous. And but it's perfect. Like, it actually fits this movie so well, like, in retrospect, you know, because of how fucking insane the goddamn movie is. But, yeah, she makes his makes his face, you know, then she she dies, and he rolls her over. And now, Mo, it's funny that you mentioned that he rolled her over. I feel like there's something else you're about to tell us. And he fucks the corpse. Yeah, so this movie, Schizophreniac, the horror, uh, the horror, what is it called? <laughs> The the whore mangler. The whore mangler. The, there's not just mangling going on in this movie. There is corpse fucking on a regular basis in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of necrophilia in this movie. Uh, but uh, so that's terrific. That's just a great way to start things off. Uh, and as the sex starts, the the that scene cuts off and it goes right into the opening credits. Mo, the credits themselves just kind of cut back and forth between you know text on black screen and the introduction of our lead character. Harry Russo as he's typing away on a typewriter mode because the the even though it's not really elaborated on to any great extent, Harry is supposed to be a filmmaker or or screenwriter, I believe that is that correct? Right. Yeah, yeah. They mention it a couple of times, but it's I mean it's not like it doesn't play a big part in the movie at all. Well, I think it's it's a kind of a fun little detail because this right, movie right. at its heart and this might be hard to believe, considering some of the things we're about to tell you, is a is kind of a dark comedy satire. Yeah, no, it's it's a funny movie. I mean, like it's it's funny in a ridiculous way. It gets more explicitly comedic as it goes along. 
uh, which right. I'm glad it does because it also gets like more explicit and darker as it goes along as well. But right. it, you know, it's I think it's meant we're meant to be finding a lot of this funny, and whether you are able to find it funny is going to depend very much on your own sense of humor. Uh, but we'll get to that as we go through it. It does say a Ron Atkins film on the screen. Ron Atkins being the director of Eat the Rich, The Cannibal Murders, Dark Knight of the Soul, Mutilation Mile, and 2003's Necromaniac, Schizophrenic 2, which is, of course, the sequel to this movie. Uh, and-, and the next movie we're covering. Up- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get around to it eventually. Uh, yeah, maybe, ep- maybe episode 300. And uh, as we mentioned before, John uh, Giancasparo, what Giancasparo, <clears throat> Giancasparo, John Giancasparo is the lead here, and uh, we get a little dialogue right off the top of him talking about that he has a script that he has to finish. Just have a little listen here. So. That obviously you couldn't hear very much of what was being said there, but I included it because of that big at the end, Mo, because that was him doing a big snort of cocaine, which he does a lot of. Uh, in fact, this opening credits, he does cocaine and smokes a joint. We are supposed to think that this guy is a little, a little off the rails, you might say. Oh yeah. And uh, there's also something to be said about the editing of this movie. Uh, it isn't entirely linear. There are dream sequences. There are every once in a while they try to get you into the mental state of the character. So they'll just cut to him from a like a, a completely like sometimes he'll be dancing around. Sometimes he'll be just talking to the camera. At the end, right. it starts to really blur that line between reality and fantasy. I actually really like when it gets to that point. We'll talk about that when we get there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But as it's cutting back and forth in the opening credits, we also get him saying this line. Fucked up, man. I'm crazy. I think he doesn't he doesn't he say that directly to the camera? Directly to the camera, yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's fucked up. He's crazy. I'm crazy. Now, Ron Atkins doesn't just direct this movie, Mo, or and write it, even though he writes it as well. It also has a special appearance by Ron Atkins and music by Ron Atkins. I I actually really loved. Uh his role in this like it's so stupid like we'll talk about it when we get there but man it's it's fucking kind of fantastic (laughs) he does another one of those lines to the camera where he goes do you know where your fucking children are huh (laughs) (laughs) it's 7 (laughs) p.m um mo if you had to guess how much of the dialogue for harry's character in this movie do you think was improvised oh i think um like ninety seven percent of it. Hmm. Like I like I honestly feel like Ron Atkins just had like a rough outline for what he wanted the movie to be about. Right. And like so like he has like I think he had scenes set and maybe he had other characters dialogue written that of course ended up getting thrown out the window as soon as uh Harry starts talking. Um but I honestly and truly believe that most of what comes out of Harry's mouth is Improv. It, it, at the very least, it seems like they have lots and lots of footage of Harry just acting crazy and just using right. it whenever they need to. Yeah. So the movie starts with a voiceover, even though it never returns to it again, where uh, it introduces us to the character. It says, meet Harry Russo, age 28, occupation, low-budget filmmaker. He's a man on the edge of sanity because of his drug habit and his delusions about his girlfriend not being faithful. Now, we do see, while this is uh, going on the screen, Mo, how Harry walks. How would you describe the way that Harry walks around? Um, 
confidently. <laughs> <laughs> he swings his arms around like a character in a Robert Crumb comic from the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> if he had a beard, he'd be trucking. Yeah, that's right. He's going to keep on trucking. That's what he does. He keeps on trucking, killing, <laughs> and fucking after killing Mo in this movie. Oh, yeah. So, uh... There's there's actually a great moment here where he's he after we get that or maybe even during this uh this thing where meet meet Harry Russo you know uh he like he goes outside and opens up a fridge that's yeah. on the side of the road and pulls like a big like Seven Eleven cup of uh of whatever out of the fridge and just fucking drinks it and takes and walks <laughs> walks off with it and then he gets in a car mo. With a oh, yeah. ventriloquist dummy, and we're gonna we're gonna learn all about this ventriloquist dummy. That uh, <laughs> he's one of the main characters in this movie, and then he starts driving around the neighborhood, Mo. And how would you describe his approach to driving? Um, rage. This stuff. This stuff <laughs> must have been so much fun to shoot. But what an asshole he has to be the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I guarantee you there was definitely some serious laughter going on between a lot of the takes, um, except for maybe the ones where he has his cock out. But, you know, there's very serious moments, those cock out moments. So yeah. he's driving down the street. I mean, legitimately, this isn't green screen. I don't think they had the he's... budget for that. No. <laughs> They're driving around and we hear him say this. Come on, you slow fuck. It's fucking green, you motherfucker! By the way, this is also the calmest he is in the entire movie. Yeah, I know, when he's screaming profanity, it's yeah. as calm as he gets. This, There's a lot of swearing in this movie. Yeah, this next scene that's hap- that comes up next is probably my favorite moment in the entire fucking movie. Because you know that none of this was scripted. Right. You know? So he drives up, he drives up to... Uh, like it basically plays out like a fucking like YouTube prank video. Exactly. Where he drives up to uh, uh to order fast food from the drive through, and he basically like says into the thing he goes, "Yeah, I'll take a," you know, and just mumbles it. And they're like, "What?" And he goes, "Oh, you got the Big Macs?" And he goes, "No, this isn't the place." <laughs> and he says, "Yeah, I thought this was the place." This is Wendy's. What are you talking to? This is the fucking place! Damn! <laughs> As he takes off. That's that's probably my favorite scene in the entire fucking movie. It's so ridiculous. I, I didn't uh, get the line, but he's it just shows him after that. He's just like, he's just smoking a cigarette really, really fast. And then he right. just, he's just like talking to nobody at all. He's like, hey, baby, what's up, you fucking whore? <laughs> I mean, what a crazy performance this is. So then we get to see him interact with an actual person. We see him walking around, like I said, with his arms swinging all over the place. He goes up to a door. He starts picking his nose. And then he knocks on the door, Mo. And whose door is this? Um, shit. I forgot the guy's name, but it's his therapist. It's his therapist. That's right. He's like a bald guy, a little older. Um, And, and, oh, by the way, so Harry also, he's not alone he has the dummy with him when he goes. Rubber, rubber neck. So the dummy is rubber neck, Mo. <laughs> I want to see. Okay, now, now it's mentioned that this dummy is a prop from a movie, right? So, did you do any research? Is there a rubber neck movie? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, if it is, uh, if there is, I don't believe it was directed by Ron Atkins. 
I mean, I know there's a movie called. Uh, is, that, is that no? That's not Rubberneck. That's Rubber Face. I'm thinking of that Jim Carrey thing. Rubbernecking? Uh, Isn't that a uh, Elvis Presley song? <laughs> maybe I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Rubberneck is is a uh, uh, a dummy, a ventriloquist dummy. Obviously influences influenced by Rock Paper Scissors, the fall of the original six. Um, <laughs> Jill's looking at me like I'm the biggest asshole in the world. <laughs> she she's not wrong. <laughs> uh, and it it is supposed to be the kind of motivating character for Harry's behavior in that he blames a lot of what's happening on things that have been told to him by Rubberneck. And in right. fact, we actually get to hear Rubberneck speak to him throughout it, but this is supposed to be his schizophrenia uh, basically uh, presenting itself. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, Mo. It's Rubberneck. Uh, yeah. So his psychologist is a little worried about him, as as you would be, because when he talks to Harry, Harry is specifically talking about how Rubberneck is telling him to kill people and even telling him to kill his psychiatrist. <laughs> Which would be a really un- un- unnerving thing to hear, I would say. <laughs> uh, and yeah. Rubberneck has been saying things about his girlfriend uh, potentially cheating on him. Right. And uh, so they're talking back and forth, and then we get a flashback. Though I, I have to say, I wasn't sure it was a flashback when it first cut to it. Uh, no, I thought this. Was, I thought he was done with the therapy session, and now he was back home again. But nope. No. So this is uh, a woman is at home. She's doing some paperwork or something like that. And she's even saying to herself, like, where is that damn Harry? He knocks on the door and then he pushes himself inside. His arms, again, are flailing all over the place. Yeah, and yeah. This is yeah, how... He's, he's, he's basically like, if you've ever seen people hardcore dance and they're doing those windmills. Exactly. That's exactly what he's doing. It's fucking great. <laughs> he walks in and this is how he greets his girlfriend. Fuck up, bitch! <laughs> I mean, he's so terrible. He's so terrible. Uh, he he says, "I want to watch some television now." <laughs> and like, she's like being so nice to him, and then he just sits down and does a big pile of cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Like he sits down and just pours a bag of coke out on the fucking table, and it's like, like he does it so fast. That, like, you don't even notice that he did it until he's, like, face first into the fucking pile. It's like, wow. So, it's it's a really strange thing to think about how these two people could possibly have a relationship. Because he is right. so out there. And the suggestion is that he's always been out there like this. Uh, she says to him that uh, she knows how much he enjoys these movies with Rubberneck in them. And that she, I guess, has some relationship with the director of those movies and was able to get that prop for him. Um, which at first he's incredibly happy, about. he's like, Oh my gosh. But then he's like, he, he starts accusing her of having sex with the director. And it's a little unclear about whether he's actually right about that. Right. Exactly. Because it cuts to like a flashback sort of thing, but we don't know if that's just his disturbed mental state or if that's actually what happened. Right. And then, and, and she kind of reinforces it a little bit because uh, she says that uh, if he could get a hard on, she she'd have sex with him, get yeah. some satisfaction. She says, and then they just yell at each other for a while. Mo and I have a little bit of flashback to my own childhood. Um, <laughs> and then uh, he says uh, he talks, starts talking to Rubberneck, and this is that conversation. It's just in you now, Rubberneck. Mm-hmm. I'll fucking ruin that bitch. 
Him just screaming Rubberneck at the end is Rubberneck. He uh, he immediately starts treating Rubberneck as if it's a living creature. Right. Uh, how would you describe Rubberneck, Mo? Uh, howdy doody. Yeah, exactly. He's basically just howdy doody. Yeah. So then it cuts back to the psychiatrist. Uh, so <laughs> revealing that that was indeed just a flashback just then. Um, and the psychiatrist is asking some questions. He gives he gives uh. Harry some drugs to take that are supposed to calm him down does not seem to be working. <laughs> um, and there's one point um, where the psychiatrist asks what he would do if he discovered that she had been cheating on him. And he says he'd cut her neck, her, her neck off her head. And then it shows, I guess for a second, like a neck with like blood squirting out there. There is a lot. No, of- it should. It, no, it's, I, you, I don't know if you looked away for a second. He, they do actually show him cutting the head off. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they t- the two of them smoke a joint because I guess at that point anything to get him to calm down would probably be a good thing. Yeah, I, lo- I love the therapist like, you know, I like my weed. Even though it was, I don't think you've been smoking enough marijuana lately. <laughs> yeah. I agree. He definitely has not been. <laughs> and he, the doctor asks him, what's Rubberneck been saying? And he goes, kill that fucking doctor. Kill Drew. So yeah, so the doctor's guy, his name is Drew. Is that right? Or is the Drew. woman named Drew? I can't remember. I think Drew is the woman. Right. So, um, and yeah, so they just talk about the fact that he thinks that he's cheating on her. Um, and uh, apparently this is the first time while uh, having conversations with the psychiatrist that he mentions the killing other people. So he's apparently like just crossed the edge pretty significantly. Mm. So a little bit later, Mo, Harry's watching a movie with a very relaxed looking rubberneck. <laughs> They're just like chilling out on a couch watching a movie. Uh, this is one of our favorite things that happens in low budget movies. Uh-huh. Like, it happens so often that it's like, it's almost like it's a trope of low budget movies in and of itself now. Um, yeah, just 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 play the okay, clip. Okay, yeah, cause... play the clip. Yeah. And you, anyone who's <laughs> been a long time listener will know what we're talking we'll about. Will know exactly what we're talking about. It's a good fucking movie, eh, Rubberneck? This director, Ron Atkins, he's one of the best. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> yeah, huh? You got red hair on your ass, too, or is that a dye job? <laughs> You're such a stupid son of a bitch, Harry. So I left that in a little bit uh, where you could hear uh, Rubberneck actually talk back to him, calling him a stupid son of a bitch. But one other thing I'd like for you, the audience, to notice about that scene is the audio from the movie that's playing is playing the James Brown song, The Payback. Uh, and in fact, Harry briefly starts singing along with it. There is no way that they were allowed to use that song in this movie. No, no way. But that's the joy of low budget filmmaking. As long as no one notices enough to try to sue you, you can just get away with it. <laughs> but that's uh, but that happens a couple of times in this yes. movie, right? Because there's yes, another scene later where there's a fairly famous song. I forget what it is, but that is I'm ab- sure you I'm sure you have it in the notes. <laughs> I do indeed. And as you yeah. were mentioning before, Mo. Th- Someone making a reference either to the fact that they are in a bad movie or in a B movie, making explicit references to other movies, or in this case, making a reference to the director of the movie and praising him is the kind of yeah. thing that you see a lot in low budget movies. Fuck yeah. Something else you see in a lot of a lot of low budget movies we're gonna get to uh, real soon too, and I'm I can't wait because it's great and I don't want to ruin it, but I feel like everybody already knows what I'm gonna talk about. That's okay. Let's keep going. So, Rubberneck starts talking to him, uh, and 
basically confirms that his girlfriend has been uh, cheating on him with the director, a uh, French briquette, um, and <laughs> it, it, telling him that he has to kill both of them now. Sure. Um, so this is actually, so surprisingly enough, this thing of them sitting down watching the movie, this was a flashback as well, because it cuts again back to the psychiatrist once, once again. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. This, this, some of this is coming as, is a bit of a surprise to me. It's been a couple of weeks since I've seen this movie. <laughs> so me- meanwhile, I watched it today. <laughs> so basically the doctor says that Harry needs to loosen up and Harry goes, Speaking of unloading, I'm thinking I'm going to unload in your bathroom. So he then goes into the bathroom and brings Rubberneck with him. This is a really weird moment. Like this is this is where shit starts to really go off the rails. Yes. Yeah, we're about 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Everything from now on is going to be deeply unpleasant. And, and and as but here's the thing though, as unpleasant as the rest of this movie is, it moves. Yeah, it like does. It, it like it actually moves along. Which is a huge issue that a lot of low budget films have. So I was very thankful when shit went off the whales this fucking early in the movie because I'm like, okay, so maybe so. And I was really hoping I'm like, okay, so the rest of the movie is gonna be completely insane. It's gonna be him going on killing sprees and him doing shit. And I was not wrong. Thank fucking goodness. <laughs> so he goes into the bathroom, <laughs> and, uh, and and my notes say so he goes to take a shit. Dot dot dot. Wait, did he just? pull out a wig <laughs> <laughs> so um, he he does indeed look into the mirror and he goes you want to calm me down dr brown you think you know what i need i'm gonna cut you like a stuck fucking pig yeah and then he starts putting on lipstick yep and, and then he takes then he takes he takes his shirt off he does and, take his shirt off <laughs> and, and his and his pants and proceeds to draw a pentagram on his chest mm-hmm. and the funny thing is i think he was trying to do the full pentacle like with the circle but uh-huh. like i think like he started at the top and like i think the lipstick he had just broke so he just <laughs> stopped so basically he has a star and a line on his chest <laughs> which is fine because it actually fits the character perfectly yep big blonde wig he let, let's cut to let's 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 play what he says in there and then describe what happens immediately afterwards he says this. Cut your belly open and see all the black stuff you got in there. Yes! Yes! <laughs> now those sounds he was making at the end, Mo, were That was him that was him jerking off. He starts to jerk off in the bathroom. Yep. Uh, and dance around and jerk off. And then he, he finds some cocaine and he starts snorting it. Sure, as you do. And then he starts screaming, I'm going to fucking carve him like a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's the, he is not full of hot air. He is He's not just a, a talker, Mo. He is a doer. He comes out of the bathroom with a big fucking knife and in slow motion starts stabbing the psychiatrist to death. You know, in a way, this is very much like a uh, like a darkly comedic version of Henry portrait of a serial. Killer. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except pitched a little higher, right? Because yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In fact, very much higher. Henry's a very kind of laconic character for the most part. Yeah. This guy is completely out of his mind and visibly out of his mind to everybody from the first right. frame. Actually, I should be a little careful about saying out of his mind. This is not meant to be a serious representation of what schizophrenia looks like. Certainly is not supposed to be a serious, um, 
examination of we learn later that he was potentially molested as a child all that yeah 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 it goes into some very very dark territory but it it's but as as dark as the movie gets they, they there's it's always underlined with some weird comedic whatnot you know and then very after yeah it's a very weird movie then a little bit later <laughs> it cuts to later he's he's murdered the doctor at this point um and we see harry and he's wearing a big yellow raincoat and uh, he's very angry at the rain. He says, fuck the rain, Mo. Yeah. This is a very strange sequence. I really love it, actually. This, this is another weird moment, too. Like, especially how it ends. So what happens? All right. So we we get cuts back and forth between Harry complaining about the rain and this random gentleman uh, playing a real mean slap bass. <laughs> on the street. Uh, on the, just on the street. <laughs> presumably in the rain. Even though you can't see any rain, but anyway, sure. um, yeah. He, so him and Harry start talking. He sells Harry some drugs, um, and then like Harry like strokes his cheek, and I forget what he says. He says he goes see you tomorrow then, and then he goes, "You bet your sweet ass, big boy." <laughs> yeah, right. And he's like he rubs his hand down the side of his cheek when he says it, and the dude's just laughing. I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. I love it. Uh, then we see him actually uh, uh, heat up the drugs uh, in a spoon and inject it into his arm, which is covered in wounds. Yeah. Uh, and he rolls around on the floor afterwards. And this is the first time in my notes, Mo, that I mentioned that, hey, you know what? Harry sort of looks like Joe Castro. <laughs> he does. Looks a lot like him. I'm not he saying that a... he acts like him. I'm not no. saying that their lifestyles are in any way similar. I'm just no. noting a visual similarity between the two. It's purely aesthetic. Purely aesthetic, Mo. That is a great way of putting it. Yes. So later on, Harry's doing cocaine <laughs> while Rubberneck sits in his lap. And he's talking to him and he's talking about how his father left uh, his mother when he was little and uh, that they always wanted a girl. And after uh, and before his father left, his mother killed the father, I guess. And then it went, like, he's basically telling his backstory about how his mother dressed him as a girl and molested him. And, uh, and then he says some very mean, mean things about homosexuals. And, um, then it suddenly the camera zooms out and he's dressed as a woman. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he justifies his hatred based on what his mother does. So like he says, he hates, uh, he hates women and he hates, you know, a derogatory term for gays. Um, yep. He starts talking about the pain that he feels, and he says right. this great line. It's like, they're in their fucking fantasy worlds, playing the game of life. Look at me, playing shoots and fucking ladders. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he ends that uh, uh, little monologue by saying this. That's why I know how to treat these women today. Kill them. And fuck them up the ass. <laughs> so... So, I left in that part, Mo. What that that sound uh, that you just heard? What's he doing there? Uh, that's him mimicking fucking something up the ass. Yes, and I'll, I'll actually he's also masturbating at the same time. Um, yes, but uh, yes. there's a lot of jerking off in this movie, Mo. Yeah, I I would I would argue there's there's more graphic masturbation in this than there is in Short Bus. Oh, oh, there it. Let's make something. Absolutely crystal clear. Harry is not a character you're supposed to relate to. No. He is a bad guy. And the fact that he's a misogynist and homophobic and just generally a piece of human filth, that is supposed to be what is pleasurable about watching this movie. 
he is we're basically watching a terrible person do terrible things and right. i don't know how much enjoyment or titillation you're necessarily supposed to be getting out of that as a viewer mm. how what do you think mo did you feel titillated were you looking forward to the next scene of violence no not as such i mean i got a kick out of the movie for i don't know various reasons but no i didn't i didn't care like it definitely was despite Harry, not necessarily because of him, <laughs> you know. Though I mean, the energy of this movie comes from that character and that performance, right? Right, exactly. And he is the driving force of the film, obviously. But uh, you know, like here, let's put it this way: it's it's the lines that he says. Like you, we've got one coming up that's pretty great. But we, uh, like, there's the lines that he says <laughs> that that aren't necess- that aren't like you know, full of like vile and hatred that he says that that are really funny right yeah yeah so he says to rubberneck let's go to work and kill some dumb whore bitch and off they go mo they are looking for action him and rubberneck driving around the boys are back in town yeah yeah he's driving he's driving around talking about the whores and fucking them up the ass and yeah yeah i mean we we know the kind of stuff he says at this point yeah this yeah you you got an idea of what he's saying and it's non-stop it's non-stop if you're going to find a whore as he likes to call them uh him, yeah. him and danny devito like to call them um <laughs> i love the whores you go to the logical location which is a 711 sure <laughs> I, sorry. I, I see that I see they've been to Daytona as well. <laughs> so he's outside the 7-Eleven and there's just this dude standing there and the guys say, hey, how you doing? And, and Harry's response is, what's up, street douche? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so there's a prostitute just standing there and she asks him for a date. Uh, she tells him her prices, $50 for a blowjob mo. Hundred dollars, and he can do whatever he wants. I love, I love that he's like, well, I don't have any money, but I can pay you in crack. And she's totally on and board she, with it. She's like, fuck yeah, let's go. It should be noted that the woman playing the prostitute here is the the same actress who plays his girlfriend in the movie. Right. I don't know if that is supposed to be symbolic of anything, but nah. uh, I certainly felt bad for her in this movie. So <laughs> that guy that he calls a street douche as they drive off, he goes, "What an asshole." I love that. <laughs> so they go parking, Mo. Uh, young lovers go parking. Uh, and <laughs> so she asks what his name is. He goes, <laughs> Harry, like you got a big fucking hairy ass. <laughs> you know, I think the re- like, I feel like anybody who enjoyed listening to the Jerky Boys tapes yeah, right. would, would really enjoy this movie because... <laughs> Like you just expect him, like at any minute, at any minute to go, "Hey, sizzle chest," you know. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point they have a little back and forth. At some point she takes her top off, and he starts groping her breasts, like and violently. Violently, I felt so yeah. bad for the actress. I felt so bad for her nipples. <laughs> <laughs> they, they get there's so a little more nipple action a little later that's even more violent, Mo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, but at this point in the movie, like it's like this is the most violent thing he's done to a set of breasts, and I, I felt bad. And then he gives one of his trademark lines, Mo. I think one of your favorites. This is one of my favorite lines, yes. You have a fucking dick for, baby. Oh, no, baby. Oh, sweet. Oh, sounds good. What's a dick for, baby? I'll fucking tell you what it's for. It's for putting your fucking mouth. Now go to work. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm dead. I like how it, the, the cl- it doesn't even really work as the classic dick for a joke because no. he says it straight as dick four, but it's yeah. still this amazing moment. Uh, so he starts pinching and licking his own nipples as she gives him head. And well, she licks. He he licks up the entirety of the side of her face. Yes. Before before he has her go down on him, and it's like almost like as a person who would have who would hate to have that happen to him. Uh huh. Like I like tongues. No, no, thank you. But Mo don't like tongues. No, I mean like I'm okay with you know like you know whatever. But uh, like up the side of the face, that's gross. Uh, Mo was feeling empathy for the character in this movie. I, I felt bad for her. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he is in sexual ecstasy, Mo, pinching his own nipples, and then uh, he starts, and then he starts yelling at Rubberneck to shut up. Rubberneck is in the back seat, so he starts sh- shouting at Rubberneck to stop talking. She gets uh, disturbed by the fact that he's shouting at something back there. She stops. He gets angry at her for not uh, giving Rubberneck the proper respect, and he forces her outside, Mo. Where he first smacks her in the face, and then he starts to choke her. And this is where I first realized this movie may have some issues with women. (laughs) Uh, My notes notes here say, he yells at Rubberneck to shut up, then he kicks her out, strangles her, and then fucks her, dot, 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 presumably in the ass. Uh, Yes, presumably. Yeah, so her (laughs) neck, he's, he's he's strangling her, and they've added a sound effect of like a neck breaking. Uh, and then he, on every on every choking scene, they add that they add the neck break snap noise. It's exactly, ridiculous. he pulls down his pants and he pulls up her dress and he goes peekaboo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Rubberneck watches from the window as uh, as he has sex with her corpse. Then he takes out a baseball bat, Mo, and smashes her head. Which I, I'll look, Mo. Look, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on human anatomy. But no, I, no, 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 no. There's uh, science. There's science behind this. Okay. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that the human head is made out of styrofoam. Right, and smashes yeah. it to many pieces if hit with many a baseball pieces. bat. Yep. And it, it's uh, science. <laughs> yeah, and then he dances naked in a parking garage. Then it cuts to him dancing naked in a parking garage, Mo, with his dick hanging out, carrying rubberneck, uh, yep. running around and like screaming, like "You fucks, come on!" with his dick just like hanging out. Yeah. I wish I had the confidence that this man has, if I'm being honest. Yeah. He, uh, you know? he's look, and I've been on a parking garage late at night. It's uh it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It's probably not the most comfortable place or the most sanitary to be naked, right. but yeah. he is, he's hanging out there, Bo. Bo. He is go. Bo. Bo? I was going to say boy or Mo. And I just uh, <laughs> lost it. <there. laughs> it's all right. So yeah, I've been, so, called, I've been called worse. <laughs> Bo knows schizophrenic, the hormangler. Um, so then he shows him driving around again, screaming, "Die, die tonight!" Uh, and this is this is great shot from outside the car with just him driving by, and he's screaming out the window. He goes, "I'll kill you, bitches!" <laughs> so uh, then we get a very amusing, comical scene, Mo. Right. So this is the next day, and we see an older woman, and she's walking down the street. She's wearing a very fancy hat. And it cuts to a very drunk man driving a truck, and he's definitely hungover. He, he's very uh, uh, exaggerated in his acting. 
Harry runs over to the woman and he goes, Mrs. Parker, wait up. And he's basically just there to help her with her groceries. Apparently they, they know each other fairly well. Um, like he almost, like he runs over to her so fast that he almost falls over. He almost falls over. Yeah. <laughs> and she is very tolerant of him, even though it, it cuts to him, uh, it, basically an inner monologue uh, of him saying that he wants to fuck her, even though she is a older woman. Right, um, right. And uh, he, she asks how he's doing. He said he's, and he's seen better days. And she goes, nothing a stiff drink won't cure. And she gives him a flask and he drinks and uh, they're having a great old time. So they're walking down the street happily, but then that drunk guy I just mentioned, they almost run him down, Mo. Right. Can I state for the record that I would absolutely party with Miss Parker? She seems pretty uh pretty hardcore. She she seems pretty hip. Well, uh when the guy almost runs them down, uh this happens. Get out of the gym! You're right, you got killed! <laughs> The guy starts shouting at him and he has a very comical voice and he sounds a little bit like Charlie Day, which I like. Um, yeah. And uh, Harry, of course, immediately loses his shit and starts choking <laughs> the guy. And, um, and Mrs. Parker tries to kind of calm him down. The guy opens his door. So actually, so so Harry, she eventually calms it down. Harry walks off. He opens the door of his car. Shitloads of beer cans falls out, fall out, and then he t- leans over and vomits all over the ground. And we get a close up of the vomit, and that tells you it's, all you need to know about this movie. Yeah, it's clearly vegetable soup. <laughs> Just clearly. Like I actually kind of wonder how inspired this movie was by street trash. It it does seem to wallow in the muck on that. Yeah, sort of yeah. Which you know? which again, I love street trash. So I mean, no, I, mean, I love street trash, man. It's the best movie ever that has a fight scene in a bathroom that ends with somebody getting their head vomited on. <laughs> <laughs> and remember at the beginning of the movie where it told us that Harry is a uh, low budget filmmaker. Yes. Well, it goes now to him writing on a typewriter, Mo. And we get a little look, uh, a bit of a better look at his apartment. He has posters all over the wall. What are some of the posters on his apartment? I didn't pay attention to any of the fucking posters. Well, there's one that's very visible, and that is for Escape from L.A., Mo. Oh, yeah, right. But I remember that. Also on the wall is a poster from Escape from New York, which would suggest that Harry is a big fan of John Carpenter. He just really likes Snake Plissken. Yeah, I guess so. And then... Uh, he takes a little break, as we all need to. Look, sometimes I'm writing an article, Mo. I feel a little overwhelmed, and I'm like, I need to take a break. He does what I do. I do. He went into the bathroom. <laughs> he goes into the bathroom, starts putting on makeup, <laughs> screaming, fuck, 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 at nothing in particular. Right. He also sings, uh, can you see the real me from Quadrophenia for a moment? Then he starts putting on more detailed makeup. Like, he actually puts effort into putting on makeup. Uh, yeah, he doesn't do a bad job. Doesn't do a bad job. Uh, then he shows him dancing around, wearing women's underwear, panties, Mo. Now this is this is when the Bee Gees is playing, yes. right? So yeah. the Bee Gees song "You Should Be Dancing" starts playing. He is yeah. So this is this is this isn't even like before where it's just a incidental music that's from a movie. No, no, they're playing a Bee Gees song. They are playing a Bee Gees song. He is dancing around with his dick hanging out the side. Of the underwear, the, the women's underwear that he's wearing. In uh, fairness, it's very hard to keep a dick inside those underwear. Yeah, well, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he could have he talked, Mo. If I've learned nothing else from Drag Race, that's what you're supposed to do. 
Yeah, I mean, the you know, the balls go right up inside. It, it you know, a little duct tape. And we also see him uh, work. That's, that's what I. That's what I hear at least. <laughs> we also see him work out while wearing uh, the wig, and he says, "Gotta get strong so I can kill the world." <laughs> I wouldn't mind having a shirt that said that on the back of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'd buy that. Gotta buy get strong. No get budget strong nightmares. So gotta get strong so I can kill the world. <laughs> why do Why do we not have T-shirts, man? We so many, so many fucking save sayings. We, we yeah. Do. What are our sayings again? <laughs> well, I mean, like you know, we we could put like lyrics to uh, the suburban Sasquatch end theme song. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, Suburban Sasquatch belongs to the world now, Mo. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, the idea of wearing a shirt that says Gotta Get Strong So I Can Kill the World on the Back is honestly, I think, would appeal to our audience very strongly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he goes over to his girlfriend Drew's house once again. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're listening to this episode, I want you to go over to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash No Budget Nightmares. And, and leave us a message uh, on our Facebook group that that you would want to see that shirt exist because I, I want to get a, an idea from our actual listenership of who would actually want to see that shirt exist. If we can get ten people who want to see that shirt exist, I will do all I can to make it exist. We we got to make this. We got to make this happen. I would wear it. So that's I, why I would I... fucking I would fucking wear it too. I want a hoodie that says that. Oh man! All right, okay. We're gonna we'll, we'll see how this will work. <laughs> let's see how this let's see how this plays out. We're gonna make this happen, maybe. So he goes to his girlfriend Drew's house. <laughs> she is very skeptical about his appearance because he immediately accuses her of fucking that director. She tries to tell him to get out of there. Well, uh, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. We we ha- we have to mention how he's knocking on the door. <laughs> how does he knock on the door, Mo? He is repeatedly slamming his head into the door. <laughs> And he's like surprisingly thankful when she opens the door because he's like rubbing his head. He's like, oh, good. You opened the door. Right? <laughs> Otherwise, I would have had to keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> she, she says, you got to get out of here. And he goes, there is no out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and we get a close up of a painting of Jesus that's on the wall. And that's going to become important in just a moment. Oh, yeah. He... <laughs> She says that he's crazy and leaves the room. He puts on a necklace and a shower cap. Is that correct, Mo? Sure. And he holds up a cup in front of this painting. And uh, he says uh, uh, this. Velvet Jesus, please help me. I need you to talk to me. I'm hearing negative voices to hear a positive one velvet jesus please it's i'll say it mo it's actually kind of not not touching i wouldn't say touching that is not the word i would use but the the fact that he's desperate at this point and trying to turn to religion because the voices that are telling him to do bad things he needs something to drown it out so he's hoping jesus can do it it's 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 a little bit more heavy in a serious way than the rest of the movie right uh, it's also completely fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So the lights flicker once. Yes. And he takes that as Jesus, quote unquote, so showing him the light. And he even says, thank you, Jesus. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's very excited because he's found Jesus. So Drew, who has somehow fallen asleep despite having a homicidal nutcase in her apartment, 
he goes into her bedroom and he wakes her up to tell us her to tell her that he's seen the light. She seems pleased by this, by the way. Now we failed to mention the fact that he came into the house and very intentionally said that he left the doll in his car. Yeah, he rubberneck, did say that. Rub, rubberneck is in the car. So when he goes into the room to tell his his girl that he quote unquote saw the light, the doll's now in the room. Not just in the room, Mo. In it's the room like, with pornographic magazine on its lap. <laughs> yes, yes. Looking, looking at looking at porn, presumably about to stroke his little. Uh, Howdy, you know. How, yeah, his <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> to, to play with his to his, play with his fre- freckled red ass to to stroke his peanut gallery. Yes. Um, so uh, when she sees that Rubberneck is there, that upsets her very much. To and play Ru- with his Clarabelle. And Rubberneck tells him tells Harry that uh, he has to kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, and this leads Harry to say You think this is a joke? You're dead First I'm going to kill you Then I'm going to fuck you And he starts strangling her, Mo As is his way Yep, and we get another ridiculous bone-snapping noise Don't you think this movie should have been called Schizo- Schizophrenia the Horse Strangler? Yeah Yeah, it should probably He does. Well, he does, he does mangle them too I mean, that baseball bat action was Yeah, yeah So, So her neck breaks his reaction to this is to scream, ding dong, the bitch is dead, which is not funny, but it is also pretty funny, I have to say. It's he, pretty funny. He dances around, of course. He's actually a surprisingly good dancer. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <sighs> then if he wasn't angry enough about women, he starts punching her corpse in the face, which starts to get all bruised and bleeding. Feel bad for him. Yeah, and then he starts having sex with the corpse. Yeah. He does some really like and like while he's fucking the corpse, you know, which I believe is the technical term, um, he is thinking about a masturbation moment that he had had previously where uh, he's watching pornography, where he's watching pornography. Now, every time they show pornography in this movie, it's real pornography. Yes. You know, thankfully, like they're they're kind enough to not show like full on penetration, but it's clearly real porn. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and he is. Really sitting there jerking off to it. And he has a stocking over his head in this particular he, case. Yeah, it's... I said, you gotta give him credit. He, this is a very committed performance. <laughs> it's a very, a very committed performance. So this is a movie, by the way, that you're watching right now, presumably, which cuts back and forth between him having sex with a corpse and him real-life masturbating to pornography. And as he comes uh, from the masturbation, he grabs Rubberneck. <laughs> and then, Mo. After finishing, he Ugh. he looks at the semen on his hands, and he uh, and he starts licking it. He licks it right off. <laughs> well, you didn't need to put that fucking noise in there. I'll tell you. I I, I did. I I really did. <laughs> and and in my notes, I'm like Jesus Christ, not knowing that what was going to happen next was equally as nasty. Which is then yeah. it cuts back to him finishing having sex with the corpse. Then he takes out a box cutter. Cuts her nipple off, Mo. Yep. And eats it. Sure does. And my note says, "What a movie!" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, give this movie all the Oscars right now. And then to really just just to bring everything to a fever pitch, he says this: mm. "Nipples looking good." Ah! As he went, goes, ah, he opens his mouth wide so we can see the. A half-chewed-up nipple in his mouth. So, Mo. 
<laughs> this movie is quite something. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, we don't have much left to it. No, no, we're getting through it. <laughs> yeah. So a little bit later on, that in the evening, uh, that drunk guy from earlier, uh, he's hanging out with a friend, uh, his uh, some friend of his outside a truck. His friend is trying to sell him uh, a stolen stereo. Uh, the drunk guy he goes off to pee, and along comes Harry Mo, and he yeah. is. They're like, he's like outside like a, a a strip of of stores and he's like hitting all their signs and knocking over like their trash bins and stuff. What an asshole this guy is. Just thorough. Yeah. So yeah, so he runs into the guy with the boombox and the guy's like trying to convince him to to buy it. I believe he offers to sell it to him for ten dollars. The guy keeps saying it's a Sony, it's a great Sony. It's, it's a Sony. <laughs> turns out turns out it's not even a Sony. When he brings oh, them over to it, he's like, Oh, it's a fucking sharp, not a Sony. Uh, Whatever. Oh, it's it's a sharp. It's a sharp. Yeah. <laughs> but but this is but this is like legit one of my one of my more uh enjoyed scenes of the movie because like this doesn't ha- this isn't like him this is just his craziness. This isn't him like being a uh, a sexist homophobe. Yeah, this is him targeting know? assholes too, which makes it a lot right. easier to watch. Right, exactly. So this guy, so he goes, "All right, give me a second. I'm gonna go get the money, and I'll be right back." So he goes to, uh, what is this, his car? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why he he's to... just he's just drove somewhere just to wa- wander around. <laughs> right, and he grabs a bat that he doesn't really even use, like you know, and he goes back to get the uh, the the boombox and he smashes it. Yep. Like on the ground. Like he picks it up and smashes it on the ground and he kind of swings the bat at it a couple of times and doesn't really hit it. But then he does something fucking fantastic where he takes it and he starts throwing bits of it against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and my favorite moment of this is where he throws the speaker against the wall and it comes right back to him and he just catches it and, <laughs> and throws it again. I like the guy's reaction. He goes, Jesus, you fucking <laughs> lunatic fuck. <laughs> So, uh, and that, and that man is Ron Atkins and that man is Ron Atkins. And as this is happening, the uh, drunk guy, uh, again, we saw earlier, almost run him down. He's around the corner. He hears the smashing, <laughs> the friend who tried to sell him the, the stereo played by Ron Atkins. He takes off this guy, the drunk guy, he pisses for like an incredibly long time and then slips in his own piss, right? <laughs> which is terrific. <laughs> And then we see Harry come up behind him. The guy turns around, recognizes Harry. He says, you're the guy with the little fucking dolly. And we get a point of view shot of Harry choking him. And uh, the guy, he holds on for a long time, including taunting him as he's being choked to death. Yeah. It's really weird. So there's like, and then it turns into a conversation about, about their dicks. Yes. And that there's some uh, homophobic slurs being thrown yeah. around, and 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 then it culminates in Harry going that it's time to free Willy, <laughs> <laughs> and he takes out a knife and he cuts the guy's. Dick All right, off. so so this next scene is probably the most offensive moment in the entire movie. Um, okay, so he we next we see Harry standing naked at the top of a building, uh, listing off all of the things he's going to kill. So I'm not going to list it off for you because it's really, really offensive. But just as an audience, imagine every racial slur that you can imagine. He says it all. Yes, he says it all while naked with an erection. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. actually pretty amazing. Also, really horrible. I should mention, by the way, that that guy, after his, his dick gets cut off, uh, Harry takes out a gun and shoots him. 
Uh, yeah. Which is and, the first suggestion that we see that Harry has a gun. Yeah, and we do get a nice little moment there where we get to see the dick on the ground, you know. It's real, real, <laughs> real artistic, you know. Then we get, Mo, it's time, once again. The greatest. For No Budget Nightmare Fake Newscast Theater. <laughs> this God, might I, be... I, I wish there was something that I loved more like I like you know like I I'm often very jealous of John Cross because he gets very passionate about things and like I'm never that passionate about anything except when there's <laughs> fucking newscasts in no budget films it's my favorite thing in the world except for maybe Golden Girls <laughs> and, and this and this and this one takes the fucking cake for a movie that is look this is a shot on video movie. Yeah, but it's not. It's not technically inept. It's not as no, not at all. Actually, I think Samurai, it's, I think it's a, Vampire Bikers from Hell. It's a fairly well-made film, actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's absolutely. some there's some very you know classically low budget you know digital effects in there, like bad you know, lighting, changing. bad sound. But I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. What do you expect, right? Yeah, but but I love the but, idea that if, if you're making a low budget movie and you're like, okay, what does a news broadcast looks like? You need a desk. You need a background, and you need a person who looks like he's put together. That's all you need, really. Nope. And that is like no. the bare minimum. Al- almost all of them, of them fail to have a desk. Uh, <laughs> at least half of them don't have a background. Some, some, But my favorite mm-hmm. ones are the ones where they, instead of getting a desk, they just get like a folding table. You know, like that. But that doesn't happen here. This one's, this one's too yes. inept to even have a folding <laughs> table. It's just a guy sitting at... Okay. So remember back in middle school or elementary school where you would get school photos taken and there would be, and there would be those, those backgrounds behind you. Uh Like, and some, and you know, some of them were just kind of like wavy paint and stuff like that. (laughs) That's essentially what this is. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what it sounds like. (laughs) Good afternoon. This is Jim Rose with Newsbreak at Noon. A gruesome discovery of a woman's body behind 7-Eleven this morning at Cheyenne and Rainbow leaves residents puzzled and police wondering if they do not have a serial killer here loose in the valley. Well, there you go. That's Jim Rhodes, Mo. Very, uh, very, um, very professional sounding. If we had a, and we, and we should, this is something we should do mm-hmm. just for the record. It, but if we had a new, like a low budget film newscaster hall of fame, Jim Rhodes should be in absolutely, there. and in because fact, this is amazing. I'm I've seriously considered, and we've talked about this before. We have doing yeah. a supercut of news broadcasts and low budget films, and I think what I'm going to do is start collecting my copies of at least like the first like 30 movies that we did on No Budget Nightmares, and and getting the scenes from that together, and seeing what we have from there because it's it. It feels like it's like every second movie. It can't possibly be that much, but I guarantee you we've seen at least 20 or 30 news broadcasts. I well, what what episode is this? 100 and what? 102 or 3, something like that. Yeah, I guarantee you we have at least 60. All right. Well, that that's a lot. That's like 50 more than 50% of the movies that we watch. I, and and I and I honestly think that more than 50% of the movies we have have fake newscasts in them. All right. Well, uh, Jim Rhodes, <laughs> as he finishes his broadcast, he shows a uh, a picture that they've a police sketch of the killer, and it is a perfect picture of Harry. <laughs> it is a- it is fucking accurate. <laughs> and, and 
by the way, that's the entire update. They this is guy just comes on to say that they found a corpse. This is the, what the guy looks like, and now he's done. And they'll see you later on the real news broadcast. Then Harry wakes up to the sound of screams. He looks out the window, Mo, and what does he see? Um, this now this is when he mm-hmm. uh when he sees the whole world as a cartoon. The whole world right? is a cartoon. Yeah. He sees a cartoon of a cow and a son. I mean, really, a, jan- a junky-looking cartoon. But, hey, it's a cartoon. And he goes, good morning, Mr. Sun. What the fuck? The sun just spoke to me. <laughs> yeah, he, goes, he goes, you keep shining, you yellow rat bastard. <laughs> and, Mo, then we get, because that was like a little nice, pleasant moment. Harry's in the yeah. bathroom, in panties once again. And now, <laughs> now he starts pissing himself while wearing the panties. Sure. And he takes out a gun and starts shooting all over the place. <laughs> he pisses himself, shoots a gun. I I feel like he's not hiding himself very well. I can't believe no one has found him yet. You think he'd be fairly notorious? Yeah, at this point. So a little later. And, and, I, and, I, I, and I believe there's another masturbation scene here, too. Right? Yeah, I think he jerks off a little here as well. Yeah, yeah. So little this one, see, it's not so memorable because this time you don't actually see his dick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> Boo. So a bit later. More cock. More cock. More, oops, sorry, God. So a bit later, uh, he's like looking at his window and waving and screaming at something. And then he sits down and he his thumb is hurting, Mo. His thumb is throbbing. Well, he slams it in, in something, yeah, right? Yeah, like I'm not he, like, sure closes a do- He closes a door or a window or something, and he slams his thumb in it. And he does what anyone would do in that situation. He screams at his own thumb to stop hurting. <laughs> yes. Then what does he do, Mo? Uh, well, then he does what any other sane human being does. I mean, I know I've done this at least twice. Uh-huh. Uh, it makes it very hard to pick things up. But he uh, cut his thumb off. He cuts his own thumb off. Let's hear what that and sounds I, like. I was going to say, we have a little audio of this. <laughs> <laughs> My thumb! Ah! Ah! Move over Eric Roberts. <laughs> This is the classic thumb-getting-cut-off reaction. Right? So he cut his thumb off, and now he is a character missing a thumb uh, for the rest of the movie. At least there's continuity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, honestly, like, they, they could have they just as easily had just had him do the rest of the movie with his hands completely normal and, like, played it up that that was, like, some kind of fucking dream sequence, because they, they have done that already. Yeah. You know? I don't know. So then it cuts to him driving around, talking to Rubberneck. They decided, he has decided, that they're going to go see a love story together. Mo. They're going to watch a movie. Uh, he he says something really great during this like road rage scene where he's talking about, like I forget how it leads up to it, but he says something like, that's what I do now for a living. I kill. <laughs> he says to Rubberneck, want to see two people fucking? <laughs> <laughs> so... This is actually really strange. So they go to this porno theater, a real one. We see him snort a bunch of cocaine. He grabs Rubberneck, tries to go inside, but the door is locked and it's daytime. And uh, Sorry, it's nighttime when he goes to it. Then it cuts to daytime and then he goes inside a theater. So I guess he just waits outside until it's daytime. Yeah. So this is so fucked up. Like this is the kind of thing that you would never get away with in a movie that wasn't a low budget one. He goes into the fem- like the woman's bathroom. And there's a woman inside. I don't know. Is she inside like the porno theater? I guess so. 
Yeah, it's it's presuming that she's inside the porno theater bathroom with a baby. With a baby. Now, now, given what, given everything else that's happened in this movie, when I saw that baby, I'm like, oh god, yeah, right, no. No, please don't. And thank goodness he just kicks her out. He just screams at her and like shoves her out of the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, and I oh my I was so fucking thankful when that's all that happened in that scene with her at least. Oh yeah. N- now you want to see them pull back a little. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, like look, look. You know, you you do horrible shit to adults. They know, I mean, it's a movie. Right, they right, know right. what's happening. I mean, you know, when you throw a baby in there, uh, which they do cross that line later. Yeah. But it's not it's not a baby, but they, they do cross that line later. They cross a lot of lines in this movie. So he puts on makeup. <sighs> this whole movie's a crossing line. <laughs> they put he puts on makeup, uh Rubberneck tells him that he has to kill all those fucks. <clears throat> and then he looks in the mirror and he does the classic, Are you talking to me? You never seen a pretty girl before? And he goes Yeah, who are you looking at? You never seen a pretty girl? And he goes, Time for some action, baby. So then he goes into the porno theater. And my favorite thing is he goes in and there's a guy sitting... Quote, unquote, theater. Yeah, just a few seats, right? It's it's clearly five chairs set up in somebody's living room as they're watching his their entertainment center. I like that there's a guy there with, like, popcorn in his hand and Harry just comes over and just knocks it out of his hand for no just reason. smacks it right out. And he yeah. goes, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, uh, there's a... And in, in, the cor- in the course of five minutes, Harry slaps the popcorn out of the guy's hand Starts smoking in the theater. Uh huh. Sh- shoots up heroin. Yeah. Well, the guy tells him to st- that there's no smoking allowed, and and yeah. he goes, "Good." Tosses the cigarette on the floor, and then starts shooting up. <laughs> yeah. Starts smacking his arm to shoot up. Snorts coke. Uh. Then the guy who ha- who was talking to him before gets the shit beat out of uh-huh. him. Uh. He pulls out a knife and slices one of the other patrons' throats. Uh huh. And then shoots that guy's date. It's a particularly bad-looking throat slitting, I have to say. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, I mean, look, the throat slitting is like, that's Makeup Effect 101. That's the one everyone gets. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and then he shoots the woman who's there as well. So, in the theater was a guy and a couple. He uh, beats the shit out of the guy, and he uh, slits the throat of the, the male half of the couple, and the woman, he eventually shoots her as well. And then he states the obvious and says, they're all dead. And he dances around a little bit. Yeah. And then it cuts to Jim Rhodes again, the newscaster. <laughs> and then he sends it live to the scene where, uh, where the, at this point, it's revealed that they know it's Harry who is the killer. And they do an interview with Mrs. With Mrs. Parker, who says that, that, uh, that Harry's always been a good boy. And she offers... Oh, he always seemed like such a nice boy. And he, she offers a drink to the reporter, which is actually pretty funny. It's great. And then, Mo, this, it's a very numbing movie in some ways. Yeah. We're almost to the end now. Harry is now in the shower. He's covered in blood. He is naked and masturbating. Like, actually masturbating. Yes. And we hear the voices in his head telling them to kill them. Kill them, Harry. And then he wakes up from a nightmare. And there's actually a quick suggestion at that point that maybe the entire movie up to this point might have been a nightmare. Right. And then he wakes up and he sees a VHS tape next to him, and uh, it says "Play me" on it. So he puts the VHS tape in, and who's on the screen? It's him. It's him. And yeah, he's co- it's him covered in blood. He's got fucking uh, a, a coke on his nose, mm-hmm. and 
Uh, yeah, it's pretty... He's all sorts of a mess. So the idea is, like, the most fucked up version of Harry's on the screen. The most sensible one is the one watching, and his reaction is this. No, 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 no! No! <laughs> it's a realization that he's actually insane. Right. So, uh... But the, but yeah, the, and there's, then there's a moment where he peeks out the window and he sees himself yes. naked, of course, running around with this ridiculous mask on. Mm-hmm. He pulls the mask off and he goes, he goes, what do you think it's me? It's, 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 I forget what he says. Yeah. He says something about like, you know, oh, do you think this wasn't me? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, and then we see Harry, I guess, then realizes this is all Rubberneck's fault. And he first he chokes Rubberneck, which is not very effective at all. Then he puts him. Well, he is a doll. Yeah. He, then he puts Rubberneck in a plastic bag. Rubberneck is not happy about this at all. He says this. Harry, oh, please don't. Fucking Harry, me. let go of me, you son of a yeah, bitch. Or there'll be hell to pay. Let me go, you cocksucker. I told you the truth, Harry. Fucker, cause me your not fucking trouble. That's Ron Atkins as the voice of Rubberneck. Ah. There's a great moment here too where he where he <laughs> gathers up Rubberneck and tosses him into a baggie and brings him out to the dumpster and like slams him into the dumpster and he just shouts Adios dummy. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love that. Adios dummy. <laughs> <laughs> so now now this is the you talked about the line crossing. This happens right now. Yeah, yeah. So he's back home and he's shaving and we see kind of what he's thinking about and it shows this little girl playing on a playground. Right, and it's more shaving, more images of little girl, um, and then he's yeah. I think I think what he's trying to do here is to change his appearance enough so he could escape. That's exactly right. He's shaving so he's yeah. going to look different, so he can escape right. the city. And he puts on this really silly brown wig. Yes, that's right. <laughs> then he wakes up again. <laughs> he like wakes up suddenly, and he's not shaved. Hmm. Uh, and uh, he wakes up next to Drew, his girlfriend, and he t- leans over to tell her that he had a fucked up dream. But the dummy uh, is uh, rubberneck is next to him, and we see Drew's corpse, which is now actually starting to rot a little bit. Mm. Then he chokes rubberneck, and then it briefly turns into that little girl from the playground. Well, we we failed to mention something. What before when he was imagining the like when we were seeing the POV shot of uh, of him wa- of watching the girl on the. Uh, in the playground, the, it ends with him handing her a piece of candy. Yeah, exactly. The suggestion. So is there's that some real. Yeah, there's. Happened. Yeah, there's real sinister implication here. Yeah, and uh, and as he's choking Rubberneck, it shows him turn into that little girl, which uh, that's even more of a sinister implication. Right. So so what what we're imagining is actually happening here is that he kidnapped this little girl and now he's killing. And then he, we sh- it cuts it like the the editing is going all over the place now. It shows him like laughing into the camera, screaming, "Your fucking kids are dead. They are mine." Um and then he laughs more and more. <laughs> it's a <laughs> Sorry. It's 7 p.m. You know where your kids yeah, are cuz they're with me. Yeah, he says that, which is of course an echo from that line right at the beginning. And as yeah. he starts laughing and screaming into the camera, it cuts to the end credits. So a fairly twisted movie from beginning to end, but I will I will say this this one of the things this and we've mentioned this already, mm-hmm. but one of the things this movie really does to perfection is ramp up the insanity. It it, it like, builds and builds and it actually builds to somewhere. And 
Yeah, it builds to something, and it's done in a really great way. Like, we've seen a lot of movies where, like, nothing happens, and nothing happens, and nothing happens, and then the last ten minutes of the movie is good. Sure, absolutely. You know? Yeah, this is... This one, this, this one I, I can't necessarily say that the entire movie's good as such, but it builds to something that's, like, that actually, you know, like, that feels like it went somewhere, um, and it does it... For the entire movie. It's a movie that Not, delivers, you know? And yeah, a lot of movies yeah. that we watch don't deliver. In fact, the majority right. don't. No one can can accuse this movie of not delivering what it says it's going to give you. A title no. like Schizophrenia, The Horror Mangler, you, you are supposedly supposed to know what you're going to get. Well, this movie delivers that. I, I use it. It's like, if you're the kind of person who would watch a movie like this, then this is the movie that you want to see. So it's hard to be disappointed in it. Yeah, and let's let's just put it this way. I I know at least like seven, you know, members of our <laughs> Facebook Facebook group who if they haven't seen this already, they'd love it. So At the very least after hearing us describe it in detail, they you'll know at this point if this is the movie for you or not. I, I right. that said, if you're the kind of person who gets off on watching this sort of stuff, I uh I uh you should get some help, some serious help. Yeah. But no, this is definitely the kind of movie you want to watch with a couple of friends and 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 just laugh at it. You know, it is a movie that you it's can ridic- get some kicks out of, uh, as long as you don't yeah. take it too seriously. Yeah, don't take it seriously because it's a dark and twisted and kind of fucked up movie. Mo, did you watch the closing credits of Schizophrenic: The Horror Mangler? I watched them on one point five. Nice. Anything of note? So. Um, well, you know, as I mentioned to you before the, uh, uh, before, uh, we started recording the two things I noticed, um, uh, one very obvious and one not as such was the thanks to a David Mitchie, uh, which underneath it, it said, quote, Mitchie Mitchie, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and, and then at the very end, there's a, a fun little animated, uh, rubberneck peering through a window with a knife. Yeah. Scary rubberneck. There's also a special oh, thanks to Michael Lamarcha for letting us use his house. Sorry about the blood everywhere. Th- I, thanks for your understanding in this matter. <laughs> <laughs> I did know that Ron Atkins did editing, camera work, screenplay, music, and uh, acting as uh, rubberneck and the story. The movie, <laughs> the movie was based on story by Ron Atkins. Yeah. And that was Schizophrenic, the Horror Mangler. Uh, I, I'm actually going to recommend that if you're the kind of person who enjoys no-budget nightmares. If what we described yeah. sounds like the kind of thing that you would at least uh, enjoy might be the wrong word, but uh, uh, at the very least be entertained by. Uh, it's a very fast-moving movie. It's a real movie. Uh, it, it does have a real structure to what's going on. And honestly, there's... I have to give Ron Atkins a pretty significant amount of credit. When things go off the rails in the final 20 minutes, it feels off the rails in a really interesting yeah. way. Yeah, I agree. 100%. It's also a movie that very early on, it establishes that you don't know how far it's willing to go. So it kind of keeps you on edge because you don't know what you're going to have to see next because it could literally be anything, right? If, if there was a scene where he cuts his own dick off or starts shitting, I mean, you just don't know because when you have an actor who seems willing to do anything for the sake of the performance, then all bets are off. Yeah. Especially since this same guy came back to play this same character. What? Two more times, two more times. So schizophrenic, the horror mangler came out in 1997. This was followed by necromaniac schizophrenic two in 2003. And then, uh, only 2011, not that long ago, the cuckoo clocks, of hell 
he returned once again for uh, playing the, the the character of Harry Russo. So uh, you mentioned Mo. In fact, that movie has Jim Van Beber in a uh, acting performance as well. Mo, huh. would you mentioned that you were not necessarily interested in checking out Necromaniac? Now that we've talked about it a little, is it something that you you? I mean, maybe at some point in the future we check out. No, no, I, yeah, I, yeah, no, we'll, we'll definitely end up covering it. I mean, come on, this, this movie was so fucking ridiculous. We can't not cover the next one. <laughs> I, I own uh, a copy of Eat the Rich, the uh, Cannibal Murders, the film from two thousand. Now, if uh, you're a listener uh, of the show, uh, I have not seen the movie, but if you are a listener of the show and you think that we should maybe take a look at that as well, please let us know in the Facebook group or message us directly because we always want to know, you know, what people think. Recommendations are good, and sometimes with a movie, look. There's only so many uh, so many hours in a day. There's only so many movies we can cover. If we should prioritize one over the other, let us know. Word. Speaking of prioritizing, Mo, we've had a discussion uh-huh. before recording today about we did about what we're going to be covering on the next episode of No Budget Night. <laughs> yes. And what is that going should to I, be? <laughs> I, I was going to say, should, should I mention it? Why not? Um, we are going to be covering. Uh, we're 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 treading into territory we've never tread before. So I'm actually super fucking excited about this. But we're gonna be covering the Ugandan action film from 2010, Who Killed Captain Alex? Who Killed Captain Alex, directed by Nabwana IGG. Uh, I don't. I, I hopefully that's how you're supposed to say that. But uh, yeah, it's a fairly notorious movie. Ugandans, uh, Uganda, sorry, uh, film. Um, scene has really exploded in the last few years. The movies are very unique looking. Is when this the trailer for Who Killed Captain Alex came out? I actually contacted Nabwana to see if he wanted to do an interview. At the time, I was interviewing a lot of low budget filmmakers, and he did respond to me. But that was kind of before this movie sort of uh, exploded in popularity. A lot of people, there's a lot of kind of cult uh, fans of Ugandan cinema, and this movie in particular was the one that kind of kicked it off and it's also available to watch legally on youtube so why don't you join us uh for episode 104 of no budget nightmares who killed captain alex yeah i mean this is something we've really we've been talking about for a long time yeah. like like breaking into african cinema because like we haven't done anything have we done Bolly? we haven't done anything bollywood yet, we have right? not no not on this podcast but but i mean like yeah i mean you don't really hear too much about like super low budget Bollywood films they tend to be big productions yeah exactly um, but Nollywood is certainly I mean that's a film scene that would certainly fit right. into No Budget Nightmares but this particular movie Who Killed Captain Alex was made reportedly for under $200 so I mean this is I mean, it's it would be a shame if we didn't cover it yeah exactly and and I and I do believe this would be the first like African film we've covered we're branching out in 2018 Mo right. <laughs> hopefully we'll cover it some point in February <laughs> Yeah. Who killed Captain Alex? Look, we're we're both. You're on the road to recovery. I've recovered. Your computer is, seems to be holding up for this recording. Seems it seems to be doing okay. So, uh, so hopefully we'll be back very soon with Who Killed Captain Alex. Mo, if people want to find out more about No Budget Nightmares, what's the best way for them to do so? Well, if they want to, uh, they can find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com/groups/slash No Budget Nightmares, or just do a search for No Budget Nightmares. You'll find us. 
Come pop in, say hi, tell us what movies we should watch. <laughs> you can also go over to nobudgetpodcast.com if you want to check out the archive of episodes or subscribe on iTunes. Why don't you leave us a review? We'd appreciate that very much. The latest episodes appear over at dorkshelf.com. You can also fo- follow No Budget Nightmares on Twitter at No Budget Podcast. Uh, all one word in that case. And uh, we're on the other, we're on a variety of different uh, services like Stitcher and whatnot. If you do a search for No Budget Nightmares online, you are sure to find us. Uh, you can also find Mo on Twitter. He is at drunk on VHS, all one word. And you can find me mm-hmm. on there as well. Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L E. Mo, what have you watched recently? I have watched so many fucking movies since the last time we <laughs> talked. Um, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll bang through the, bang uh, it, the, Mo. the big, the big ones. Um, I watched wonder woman. Uh, really enjoyed that. Right? Uh, like, like I mean, I heard that it was good, but I really fucking enjoyed it. I like the part where she was wearing satin tights, but I really liked where she was fighting for our rights. <laughs> <laughs> and the old red, white, and blue. Sure. <laughs> um, did I mention? Did I mention watching War for the Planet of the Apes yet? No. Uh, I watched War for the Planet of the Apes. Really good. Really good. Did you? <laughs> um, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but uh, no, I don't mean tonight. I meant it. Did I mention that on a previous I don't episode so. or not? Because I don't remember. I don't think I did either, but I watched it. It was really good. Really enjoyed it. <clears throat> watched uh, Ingrid Goes West. Mm-hmm. Uh, real fun, dark comedy oh, yeah, heard there. It, and it's supposed to be a great performance, central performance uh, in that movie, eh? Yeah, yeah. By both Aubrey Plaza and... Um, Ice Cube's kid. And, and yeah, he's great in it. He's fucking fantastic. I really... I mean, like, I liked him in Straight Outta Compton, but, like, he was basically just playing his dad. You know, in this one, he's playing, like, his own character. And, like, they could have gone some really, really stereotype ways with this. But, like, they made him, like... Like, he's, like, obsessed with Batman. He's constantly, uh, you know, referencing Batman. And, and uh, it's... I don't know. It's just, I, like, I felt like... Like, he was... He felt like a very organic character. And he didn't seem like a, like the stereotype they could have made sure. him. Um, what else did I watch? I watched It, uh, which I was surprised at how much I liked. Okay, man. Good. Like, that movie... That movie... That movie is dark and sinister and, like, just a, a ridiculous amount of fun, if that's your thing. Uh, I watched The Disaster Artist, which I fucking adored, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, I, I, I'm i not a huge Room fan, you know, like, I, you know, I've seen it and I saw I saw it in theaters, um, you know, with, with a real fun crowd. And, uh, but, man, like, like, I don't know, I, fe- I felt like this was, was really interesting like i've never read the book but the story behind the movie is real fascinating i read the book and i i'm a huge fan of the room i've seen it many many times before and i i like mm. the disaster artist i was expecting to like it more to be totally honest with you yeah and now of course it's 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 already a little tainted uh now that it's been out for a bit but you know I, it's a movie yeah. that i'm looking forward to revisiting and I'm, I'm expecting i might enjoy it more on a rewatch where my expectations are a little tempered I was actually listening to an episode of Fat Man on Batman, mm-hmm. and uh, and Kevin Smith's co-host had asked him about the Disaster Artist, and he goes, uh, and he goes, yeah, I had forgotten that I was even in that <laughs> until I went until I went to go see it, and there I am up on the big screen. I'm like, oh yeah, right, I'm in this. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and the last one I'll mention because it's probably the best out of all the movies I've seen. Was I watched The Shape of Water? Oh yes! Holy shit! What a good movie! So good. 
you're you're really you're really covering unknown territory here, Mo. I don't think anyone has heard of The Shape of Water, and it certainly isn't going to win all the Academy Awards this year. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm way I'm way behind. I'm way fucking behind on movies. So like, I did a huge catch up, um, and mustard. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so that that's pretty much all of the, all of the the movies I was planning to try to play catch up on. I still need to watch that Jennifer Lawrence movie Mother. I haven't watched that right. yet, uh, but I will at some point. Well, Mo, I have I've watched a number of movies for podcasts. I'm not going to mention any of those. You can check out Eric Roberts is the fucking man over at Eric Roberts is the man or Theme Warriors. Look up Theme Warriors podcast online. I watched it. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I did. I did the uh, like the the New Year's episode of. Uh, that we do every year for for after movie diner where we covered three or four uh, Gene Hackman movies, right and that was fun but I but I don't need to mention that you guys can listen to that episode it's been it's been out for a while now. <laughs> it's, it's 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 actually really it was a really fun episode to do I will mention I'm only gonna mention one movie uh, since we've already been recording for a while I did finally see Paddington the uh, the children's movie from a couple years back which its sequel is currently in theaters and I have to say it's really good. It's really, really good. Uh, I had I I have a very hard time getting myself up to the point of of watching that, but I have also heard that it's really good, and I just like I can't bring myself to watch it. It's very it's shockingly well and and kind of uh, fancifully directed in that like there's a lot of really interesting shots. It's almost Wes Anderson esque. It that might, really? that could be a plus or a minus depending on who's listening. No, that's a huge plus. For yeah, me. yeah. I mean, it it really visually it's incredibly stylish. Uh, huh. And the cinematography is unbelievable, and there's some real interesting tricks in there. It also has a great British <laughs> cast, but I mean, the sequel has an, an incredible cast. Just it, it's like it seems like they now that Harry Potter series is kind of finished up, all the British actors who who were in that series are just kind of moving over to to Paddington. But I mean, uh, apparently Paddington Two is just as good. If you even if you don't have any interest in the character, if you have, and even if you don't have any young people in your life to watch it with, it is highly recommended. I'd probably uh, I'd check it out. I also saw the movie. I'll check it out. I, I said I was only going to mention one, but I did see the movie Hostiles, which is currently in cinemas with uh, Christian Bale, and uh, it's. It's an interesting examination of reconciliation at the kind of end of the uh, 19th century and, and kind of uh, the guilt of the slaughter of Native Americans. It, it tries to do some really interesting things. It's a beautiful looking movie. I had some issues with it, but um, mostly because I have a um, – the relationship between pe- between uh, indigenous uh, Canadians and – uh, colonizing Canadians in this country is very complex, and but it's also something that I feel like we talk about maybe a little bit more than Americans do with their own history of, of uh, right. And and it, it so it's hard. No, that's definitely that's that is definitely something Americans like to sweep under the rug and forget about. Yeah, yeah. right. Because I mean, because Native Americans are very disenfranchised, and of course, uh, Indigenous Canadians are. are Oh, I should say indigenous people in Canada are very disenfranchised as well. A lot of complex relationships there. The movie has its heart and its mind in the right place. But I, and so the issues I had with it might be kind of specific to me. I know some people really, really loved it. And it's January too, where it's kind of the dead zone for a lot of movies being released. But, uh, right. but you know, it, it is very beautiful. Great performances in it. Uh, probably worth uh, checking out. But uh, if it was up to me, maybe wait till it comes out on DVD, which will probably be only a couple months since uh, I don't think it exactly set the box office on fire. Hmm. Mo, that, yeah. on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, the podcast, we're you will hopefully survive to watch 
Who killed Captain Alex from the year 2010? I'm excited. Me too. Very excited. And in fact, my wife has shown interest in watching this specific movie. So this might be one of the first episodes, probably in about three or four years, where my wife watches a No Budget Nightmares movie with me, which I'm sure will be very, very interesting. I introduced a friend of mine to uh, Battle Royale Mm -hmm. the other week, and uh, they they had never seen it, and they were just like, mouth agape the entire time watching it what you yeah. sometimes forget i think we forget especially that there are people who don't watch the kind of movies we watch yeah well no i'm i ever since i've gotten like up in connecticut yeah i agree like i'm i would be dumbfounded if i found people who uh who didn't watch the same movies that i did down here it's everyone right no nobody watches the stuff that we watch so anytime i talk about any fucking movie i'm watching i have to explain to them everything it's about because they've never heard of it you know? <laughs> like so uh, <clears throat> so what did you think of lady bluebird uh sorry what did you think of ladybird and you're like i'm like i, I haven't I seen it but f- what did you think of schizophrenic the whore mangler <laughs> yeah right exactly you know? <laughs> Uh, like 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 so so I've got this sweatshirt that has a battle royale patch on the back that I put on sure. there, um, because it's one of my favorite fucking movies of all time, and uh, and every time somebody questions me about it, they always think it's a band. Like who's this band? Battle royale. And I'm like I'm like it's not a fucking band. It's a movie. Go look it up. I'm I'm not gonna explain it again. Thank- <laughs> Thankfully, we now live in a world that you can just like. Like, it's easy to get a copy of Battle Royale. Very, right. There's a long time when that movie wasn't available legally at all in the States. So Yeah, uh, yeah. No, the first the first time I ever saw it was on a very illegal bootleg <laughs> <laughs> that my local video store was renting illegally. <laughs> well, folks, we got to go. But if there's one thing yeah. you should take away from this episode of No Budget Nightmares, it's... Is that Battle Royale's a great movie. <laughs> and and got to get strong so I can kill the world. <laughs> Leave a message in our group. We want to know. That's right. We'll be back very soon with Who Killed Captain Alex. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. I gotta get strong so I can kill the world! Flow!